the whole Liam Kumar Day effect. Not really happened. Nigel couldn't make it. Yeah. I've ran out of men and all he said he could make don't, it. Don't yeah. dig this hole. Phil, credit to the guy. He's always managed to do well. Yeah. Yeah. He is a shocking person. Right <laughs> you guys got a trophy? No. It so was pretty even. My life from Rashad Mendes was all Hello and welcome to another episode of the LOC Report and it is a special episode today because it is the 1st of December uh, which means we are in the officially in the business end of the season uh, so that means it's time to go into your kitchen it's time to open that drawer because the cutlery is coming out yeah, like, stick a fork in them. That's going to be uh, the, the feature we get to today on the Debate Corner. And of course, we need Chris to do that. How's it going, Chris? Uh, it's going very well indeed. It has been, it's been a very busy couple of weeks for me, I have to say. <laughs> been a little bit, little bit drained, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So, you know, so as, as time goes on, uh, yes, hopefully we should become less drained. And I can spend more time talking to you lovely people. And hopefully some, some you know, because we were in prime time, we genuinely are prime time today because it's night. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, hopefully we can get a few more people in, you know, so you can listen to, to some of our musings about Harley. But, you know, there might, might be some things that, uh, that that can transfer over to yours as well. So, welcome. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, as you say, we've just had a couple of, uh, well, it's probably been a good day of World Cup because, yeah, Belgium, spoilers if you've not watched the game, Belgium not making it through... Uh, from the uh, 3 o'clock games and then Germany not making it through now. What better way? That was the starter. That was the main. Now your dessert is the LOC report. And uh, who asked to hold you up any further? So let's get back into the recaps of week 12. Three weeks away from the playoffs, of course. Uh, so yeah, uh, only two games to go now uh, in the playoff race. So we'll start off with the marquee matchup, which featured uh, a tied division leaders in the Portsmouth division, Gridiron Gang and Bedetonators. Gridiron Gang and Bedudnet is duked it out in week 12's marquee matchup to determine who will take the lead in the Portsmouth division. Uh, the winner of this game would have a one win the lead over the other and take supremacy in the division. Uh, and only one could obviously do it. These two were the highest scoring teams entering the week. And Gridiron Gang, after losing to Bedudnet earlier in the same fixture in the season, comes on top in this one over Bedetonese, 125 uh, to 80 points. Looking down the lineups, Josh Allen had a fine day with 33 points, uh, and then it was a real team effort behind that, because Travis Kelsey got 12, Samaj P. Ryan as a spot star for Joe Mixon got 15, Kenneth Walker got 16, Rashad White got 11, uh, and the Dolphins defense, they came through a big time uh, with 24 points. On the other side of the board, four Bedetonese, their worst week uh, in some time. Uh, Geno Smith had an okay day with 23 points, relieving for the injured Justin Fields. DeAndre Hopkins got 15, CeeDee Lamb got 12, Derek Henry got 11, and Daniel Carson got 10, but uh, no other players there over uh, five, uh, sorry, six points for Ollie. Uh, a couple of injuries with Atien and Carter also let them down. So Gridiron Gang goes to 8 and 4, they take the lead in the division, but then they just falls to 7 and 5, and the history of this matchup all time. Uh, Gridiron Gang, I believe, are now 6 and 12 all time against, but then they yes, they are. So, uh, only one could win, Chris. It was uh, a hotly contested game entering. It didn't quite end up that way come come the end of the game, though, did it? No, it didn't. And I, I have to say, I've got to give you a lot of credit for that. I think, uh, you know, you, you, have to, uh, you have to take your hat off to the GMing skills this week. <laughs> uh, because, I uh, say, so yes, Josh Allen's had a great day. And, 
Uh, he has done all year, and Kelsey's obviously a very uh, high floor guy. But you know, having a, 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 a three three back engine room of Samaji P. Ryan White was probably not expected at the beginning of the season. I think if anyone put money on that, they would have had a serious amount of wedge by now. I'm uh, glad you made that point because I had the exact same thought going into this week. If you'd have told me I was starting these three guys at this point in the season. <laughs> Throw the dice, not trying to win the thing. Um, but um, but yeah, impressive nonetheless. And then obviously a spot start the Dolphins D as well. Completely derided on this podcast all year, but we're going to say this in this instance: extremely good result. <laughs> Dolphins D. I week. picked the one game. You've got to pick that one game for them. <laughs> There's no point playing him for for twelve weeks or eleven weeks. You know, that's it, and not have a twenty-four point week. So congratulations. Yes, they played the Texans, which doesn't really count. Um, that's it. But yeah, I mean, just all round, hit it out the park with some real, uh, real sort of borderline selections. And Terry McLaurin is still in there. I'm not sure he's rejuvenated and you know risen from the dead yet. But you know, Brian Robinson, as we've talked about all year, has indeed been risen from nearly the dead, and he was on your bench with 18 points as well. So congratulations there. I like to see that. On the other side, one thing you don't like to see at this time of the year is a point three point. And uh, three rushing yards only and an injured player does not really bode well for Ollie going forward. Also, Michael Carter's banged up as well. Not so good either. So, yeah, lots of um, lots of to worry about there. I'm a little bit, it's a little bit strange how they just, he dropped a Vonzi form. I know that they played, played the Denver Broncos defense and they're very, very good. But, same time, he's been an absolute battering ram since he started. And, yeah, 113 yards on the day. I know it wouldn't make that much of a difference, but... I don't know. You just, it's just when you got a guy who's rolling, yeah, just go with the guy who's rolling, don't you? Um, otherwise, let's say top half looks all right, bottom half looks pretty poor. Eighty points is not a shoddy result, but again, just you know, can't beat out that uh, that defensive score. So, um, so yes, congratulations to you. you march on. That's it. This <laughs> big game to win. I bet this was uh, quite well well received uh, at your house on Sunday night. Um, but um, but yes, Ollie's still very much in the hunt. Albeit this is a bit of a setback for a divisional win. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and I think look, if you're in Ollie's position, it, I think 80 points really is this team's floor. Uh, and when you look at that 80 points being the floor, and two, as you said, Chris, two players who went out injured, not even combining for four points, and you still got 80. That's a pretty good result on balance. Like you say, if you pointed a one to Foreman. Uh, and even Isaiah Pacheco on the bench there, that would have got him, I think, over 100 points or pretty damn close to it. Um, obviously being two healthy players, like you say as well. I was a bit surprised to see Michael Carter come into it. I, I get it on the one hand, the, the Chicago defense has been terrible against the run, uh, but I kind of also see your point completely as well. While the Denver run defense is formidable, uh, Devonta Foreman, uh, Devonta Foreman, sorry, uh, is, you know, he's been getting all of that work in, in the Carolina backfield where Michael Carter has been splitting a bit. I know James Robinson wasn't active for this game, uh, but Michael Carter isn't one of those backs that you just saddle up on and give him 30 touches a game. So, um, I picked myself to win in this one, so off to the week in a good start in more ways than one, as you said. It was very happily received uh, in in my household. Uh, we'll see how the next game goes then, which featured two other playoff hopefuls. Ixan took on bare necessities as well in week 12. This was another titanic uh, matchup in the Southampton division. See what I did there. Uh, Ixan entering this one 10-1. Meanwhile, uh, bare necessities at 7-4. 
Uh, Ixan pretty much there to the playoffs. Still not quite confirmed. I think a win would have basically... I think, yeah, I said last week, a win would have punched their ticket to the playoffs. I mean, off their necessities, they needed to win to keep up in the wildcard race and uh, or the points wildcard as well. Get some points on the board. Well, they got some points and they got the win to boot. Uh, giving Ixan their second loss of the, the year, dropping them to 10 and 12. Ben Necessities moves to 8 and 4. Uh, 98 to 85 was the final score in this one, so a fairly close game. Uh, for Ben Necessities, Lamar Jackson didn't have a particularly great day, but still got 25 points. Chris Godwin got 17, can't stop getting the touchdowns now. Uh, Austin Eckler got 14, and the Niners D got 19 to top it off. On route to that, 98 points. On the other side of the board for Ixan, Patrick Mahomes had an okay day in a game where they were running the ball a bit more than usual. He got 20. James Conner got 18. And Justin Tucker got 15. No other players over 10 points. They're not what you want to see at this point in the season. Lots of cues, as we can see there as well, which is also not a good thing. Uh, so the history of this matchup all time, uh, Ben Assisti's enough 6 and 12 uh, against Ixan. It was a. It, it's. It was actually another good episode. Title uh, would have been. Uh, it's the week of the underdog because that's two games now where the massive underdog, according to history, is one. Uh, ben Assestes has been a good team, but softened of late. But they they take one away from Exxon here, Chris. Yeah, I mean, this is this is again this is something about consistent point scorers in your team. I think. And I think when you've got. Uh, guys at this kind of, kind of time of the season, you know, so Lamar, Chris Goldwyn, Eckler, guys with high, yeah, high floor, AJ Brown, high floor, Singletary somehow has a high floor, I know he's playing Detroit, but, you know, <laughs> point on good, good result on the day, you know, so it, don't get shot very often and uh, did a lot of good things. It's, it, it's important to know that that's the case. And I think the difference between the two teams really is the defensive, it's a defensive score because otherwise, yeah. I, I can't get massively excited about either team to be quite honest. And this is a defensive score for Dave, that is, with 19 points from the 49ers D. Because the Ravens scored eight. Justin Tucker did his thing, scoring uh, scoring 15. And uh, But outside from that, it wasn't a particularly very good skill position day for Ben, mainly because everyone got injured um, in some form or another. Uh, James Connors had a, a good day, and Mahomes had a all right day, if not, uh, you know, 20 points is okay. But again, we've seen Mahomes carry Ben to, uh, to victories beyond that point scoring this year so yeah I said, touchdowns were a problem in this game we've all been there this year you know, I said, offensively you, know, you just don't see it but I think going forward Ben's going to be a, feeling a little bit dodgy on this one because you know the, the bench ain't coming to life there ain't really a great deal outside of a Tyler Lockett uh, spot start there I mean, even then you know, I said, can you really trust the Seattle offense week to week um, but seeing Debo, McCaffrey, and Gibson all have separate injuries is uh, not something you want to do when you're about to mount a playoff run. <laughs> yeah, and this is uh, eerily familiar territory for Ben. Um, obviously, that coronavirus against you, where uh, uh, granted any team that loses their two starting running backs at that point in the season is going to face an uphill battle, but yeah, I had perilously little depth uh, to overcome it. And I mentioned last week as well, Ben pretty much being there. You know, his attention is probably going to be turning to, you know, as you say, padding out the depth because, yeah, it's just not there at the moment. Better Sestis with a slightly better day than they have had recently. Um, some players failing a bit more than usual, like Damian Pierce. Devin Singletary is a guy who's, who's he's, he's okay, but he's never a massive point getter. Um, but, yeah, they got the job done on the day, like you said. Um, some injury woes for Ben as well. Like you said, that lack of depth could really rear its ugly head, unfortunately, for Ben. 
um, as we go through the weeks. And um, yeah, so uh, Exxon drops another one, but probably still okay. Not quite so settled and delivered as we'll see in a bit. Uh, and Bad Necessities uh, keeps themselves in the race. I did pick Exxon in this one to win, though, unfortunately, so I dropped one there. Let's see how I did with the rest of the week, starting uh, with the other Southampton matchup game. Bucking the trend, the present holder, or the ent entering the week, I should say, holding the wildcard spot. Take on the Bulletins, uh, a team that uh, I think with a win could have potentially, yes, would have mathematically uh, kept themselves in the wildcard race, the normal wildcard that is. Uh, but they did not do that, uh, as Bucking the trend emphatically stamped their claim on the wildcard spot. Uh, and maybe a bit more than the Nixan losses. And they now moved to 9-3. and three. Uh, four game winning streak, just one behind Ixan, uh, beating off Napolitans who had a fairly respectable 98 points themselves. Uh, looking at the scores, uh, Tua Tangvalo, who has been a really good player for Buckingham Jones on the field this year, he didn't do too great in this one, he got 18 points but it didn't matter. Uh, because Josh Jacobs decided to have a walk-off 80-yard touchdown en route to 42 <laughs> points. That, that'll definitely uh, punctuate your ticket to the playoffs. Uh, Keenan Allen also chipped in with 11. Amon Morales St. Brown with 19. Jeff Wilson, 11. Saquon Barkley, 11. Uh, and uh, only the special teams under 10 points there en route to that 1-2-3. So, good day overall for bucking the trend. Uh, on the other side of the board for Napolitans, uh, they'll be a bit gutted. Uh, obviously, that final touchdown makes this loss look a bit wider than uh, the, the game actually was. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he got 33 points. Uh, Tyree killed just came under 10 with 9. T. Higgins got 17. Ramondre Stevenson got 11. G. Harris, 10. Uh, and he left the game injured too, by the way. And Jacoby... Uh, Jacoby Myers? Uh, Jason Myers, the kicker for the Seahawks, he got 10 as well. So, uh, yeah, the Portlands uh, lose this one, 5-7. and seven. They are now out of the traditional wildcard race. Uh, and the history of this matchup all-time, Buckingham Trent takes the lead as well. Three, uh, two, sorry, they tied up 2-2 two and two all-time uh, against the Portlands. Uh, so, as, as as one playoff team falls, or is falling, uh, bucking the trend seem to be going from strength to strength, Chris. Absolutely. So, bucking the trend are doing extremely well, and they're kicking, their key guys are kicking in at just the right time in the year. Um, you can't argue with the fact that the, that the top half of, in fact, all the skill positions last week were extremely solid. I mean, you know, you look at that double yeah. digits all round. Um, and, uh, and we obviously like to see long-term listeners of the podcast will know that if we like to see that uh, in your skill positions all weeks but let alone uh, when you are uh, when you are competing for the playoffs but yeah we must talk about those two as you say Josh Jacobs and Tua because I mean Josh Jacobs has been an absolute revelation mm -hmm. um, you know so we knew that he was a good player but I'm not sure we knew he would get this amount of volume this year uh, it's quite a tepid offense, I have to say. It's very concentrated between uh, Devontae Adams and just Jacobs, both facets of the game, like you say. And Jacobs is previously a guy who's not been able to stay healthy with even the workload he did have. So, yeah, like you say, it's, it's very surprising to see. Yeah, exactly. It's not happening in real life for him, uh, for them. But, yeah. um, but, but for, for fantasy purposes, you cannot argue <laughs> that. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean... and. I feel I feel for the I feel for Dave because yeah he seems to be the team that everybody scores on every single week and I just can't I just can't quite understand it. There's some really nice points totals up that he puts up, um, but just say can't pick up the uh, the wins at the right time. Sadly, um, but there's 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 a lot to like in that team. Obviously, you know, so Jalen Hurts has been really good here. Tyreek's been a been a monster. T Higgins has been the number one guy for last few weeks. Stevenson was a great mid-round pickup and has obviously taken that backfield. 
you know, Harris hasn't hasn't hit the heights, but yeah, you know, he didn't hit the points this week. So there's a lot still still up to like. But when you come up against the skill positions there that Mike's got, it's very difficult to be able to beat that. And I think that 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 going forward, you know, especially with Keenan Allen hopefully coming back and then being being fit, fit fills that hole that he had uh, that he couldn't really fill with another player uh, through the mid midweeks. Mm-hmm. So this team's going to go from strength to strength, I think. Uh, throughout the next few weeks because they're only on one way one trajectory and that is the playoffs yeah absolutely yeah so still got the one game lead uh, in the wild card as we'll, we'll see in a bit um but, but yeah uh, everything seems to be clicking like you said they're getting healthier just in a week where a lot a lot of teams seem to have a lot of injuries we've sort of they got a couple in the previous game uh, both teams had a few injuries in this one as well uh jeff wilson i think he left the game either early or left and came back Tyreek Hill, I think he got cramp as well. Najee Harris obviously left and didn't come back as well. So uh, nothing really too major on the injury front this week, as we'll find when we get to the in the new section. But yeah, lots of these little ones that just kind of have a bit of a butterfly effect. Wouldn't have changed the result here, as you say. And uh, the is a decent day, but yeah, it doesn't quite get it done. Uh, I picked Mike to pick, win that one, though. So two and one uh, in the old pick'em. So we'll see how we do in this next one where we go back to the Portsmouth division. The Dream Team took on Ford Flyers here. The Dream Team are uh, already eliminated from the traditional wildcard spot, uh, trying to upset the apple cart of Ford Flyers uh, with the Gridiron Gang win. Well, it didn't matter who won in that game, but basically uh, Chris needed to win to be have a reasonable mathematical chance of winning the division still. Uh, but, and it was a close one, but uh, Viv does get the upset, and actually draws with them one win of Ford Flyers. They're now 5-7, and seven, two games win streak, meanwhile... Woodfires, unfortunately, on a four-game slide, back to 6-6 six and six, uh, with 84 points on the day. Looking down the lineups for Dream Team, Joe Burrow got 20, Stefan Diggs got 14, DJ Moore, he's back with Sam Darnold, uh, he got 16, uh, Harrison Bucko got 14, on route to a, a fairly solid 89 points there, 90 points. On the other side of the board for Woodfires, Kyle Murray, back from injury, had a decent day as well, 29 points. And Nick Chubb had a very good day, 19 points, Graham Gano got 11. No other player over uh, 10 points though, unfortunately. Again, I think Cam Akers did pick up an injury in this game as well, so again, uh, that, that's rearing its ugly head, those little gritty injuries. Uh, so the history of this matchup all time now, uh, the Dream Team are 8-7 and seven against Woodfly, so they take the series, and unfortunately for you, Chris, uh, put your playoff chances in pretty much last chart and saloon. Oh, we'll yeah, yeah, very much so. I think you can fork us both in this one. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I has got more of a chance of being able to hit the, um, the, uh, the, the, the points forward yeah. uh, playoff spot, but, um, but I have absolutely no chance. I'm, I make no bones about that. I also make no bones about the fact that I'm only aiming for 500 this year, and I'm on track to do that. Um, <laughs> So there you go. It's, it's all about uh, it's all about how you uh, how you get there. So, uh, so I hate to say it, viewers, as well as that I ha- I have lost all all statistics. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to uh, find a way because for some reason the NFL.com uh, website decides to just take away all. All figures, all the time. Is that the ad? Is that when it does the ad thing, the banner thing at the sides? I've no right. Here's a good trick for you. Are you using an iPad, Chris? Uh, I am not. Okay. And a Mac at this point, so I'm going all all in. Afterwards, I will send you the link to an ad blocker thing, which uh, I downloaded onto my iPad and has completely uh, stopped all of that stuff because I completely agree. Whoever's designing uh, NFL Fantasy must know this happens because 
they're fairly common devices. Uh, and as you say, the, the ad pops up and you can see your players and stuff still, but completely takes away all other information, which is not really the point of a fancy website. Uh, so, too bloody annoying. So, yes. Yeah, so but I, the good news is that I, I know my own team, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Um, so, yeah, I, the, the reason why there was a loss this week, firstly, uh, I was a bit of a pussy and didn't play Traylon Burks when I probably should have done. I was on the fence between. I was quite, eight. you know, I was quite surprised when I saw that um, you, you didn't play Traylon Burks. I, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I, I don't think I would particularly criticize you for not playing him over the players you played. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would. I, I thought you would have found a way to work him into your lineup somewhere. Yeah, I, I must admit, I taught myself out of it several times. <laughs> uh, I don't remember why I did that, um, but I wish I hadn't. Um, secondly, as I picked the wrong defense. Obviously, the one you streamed was the best one, <laughs> um, and I thought that they would do a damn sight better against Pittsburgh than they did, but they didn't. Uh, this is the Colts. This is so. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, and thirdly, can we just talk about the absolute? day Alvin Kamara had my god yeah. I was looking through my hands just like oh what is going on here yeah he had a chance to score a touchdown on one of the goal line just come on at that point your day's over you just might as well give up and go home um so yeah I've, uh, I'll tell you how to how to maybe he's got you know, near enough 90 points a good score really good score um but um but yeah unfortunately so a lot of the uh, a lot of my team just shit the bed last week and just didn't quite work out. So no, yeah, uh, yeah. I but can't take away the fact that he's got three guys. You know, he's got a twenty point quarterback, a thirteen point thirteen and change scorer, a sixteen and change scorer, and a fourteen point kicker, and that's what's taken him across the line. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you say, I think I don't, I don't think anyone can point to you and say you lost this when Alvin Kamara had the day he did have. Um, take away his two fumbles, and this is a pretty damn close game. Like you say, if he doesn't fumble it there and he lowers his shoulder or whatever and gets into the end zone, you you actually win the day as well. So um, it's fine margins. You can you can if and but over trade on Burks. I don't think it should. You know, it's it's not on you to. <laughs> it doesn't fall on your shoulders for that to cost you the win, as you say. You look squarely at Alvin Kamara and really the Saints because it's just such a dysfunctional offense. I don't understand what they're going for really. Um, I don't. No. It's it's so bizarre with their injury situation where they've had multiple guys been out for long, long periods of time, but have chosen not to put them on IR like Lattimore and Thomas earlier in the season. Uh, Jamis is Schroding as quarterback. Is he healthy or is he not? Nobody knows, but he's active as a backup, so he must be. So why why wouldn't you play? Because he's giving you more than Andy Dalton's going to give you, and you know it's just a car crash. Um, unfortunately, Alvin Kamara's in the passenger seat for that. Um, but as you say, Viv's team. Yeah, pretty solid day um, as far as the uh, spread offense goes with his uh, typically wide receiver heavy team on the day where Tony Pollard didn't do so great and uh, I can't believe he played Paris Campbell I think on the preview last week I said what is going on here um, but no he, he gets the win I did pick the dream team as well I did say it was close to be fair um, so um, yeah dream team takes it uh, my network has decided to do something it's funny I, I, I can hear uh, Chris so we'll just uh just move on to the next uh, game while... Okay, maybe it is my internet as well. What is going on? It's going to come back in a second. Don't worry, everyone. Hopefully.
if you are listening to the recording of this after, I do apologize. No idea what has happened to the internet on my end. Or it seems to have completely died. Let's see what we're doing here. Can I get on any website? The answer to that question would appear to be no. My iPad, no. Is my phone still working? My phone is still working. So it's not that. Okay, I think we are back. Let's hope we get Chris back in a second. Hello, are you there, Chris? <laughs> I'm here now, hello. Hello, I have no idea what happened there, that my computer, uh, I think, uh, lost connection even though it didn't, but that's fine, we it clearly had enough of the Dream Team versus Forge Flyers, so um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go on to the next game, and uh, yeah, I did pick uh, Viv just by the way, in case you didn't hear that part, uh, so we'll go on to the next game where we now dip into uh, the Winchester division. Vickers Circle took on Tom's Tyrants for a true, true win or go home. The playoffs did start in week 12 for these two teams because both with two wins and two games behind in the division and the two leaders of the division playing each other. Uh, it was an absolute must win to step in the division and neither of these teams have a chance at the points wildcard either. Uh, so yeah, very much uh, win or go home. Tom's Tyrants win, they did and they actually had a mightily impressive performance uh, in them as well. Third highest score on the week, 117 points. 68 points looking down the line so Tom's Tyrants uh, Tom Brady he got 22 Miles Sanders erupted for 28 Jonathan Taylor got 16 Nick Folk got 15 and Chiefs got 18 points so special teams coming up big as well on route to that nice 117 which must be a season high for Tom's Tyrants I would think on the other side of the board for Vickers Circle Ross's team Dak Prescott got 18 points cannot get that quarterback stream right on each given week Latavius Murray got 10 points David Montgomery got 11 no other players over 10 points there so uh, Vicar Circle is 2-10 and 10. they're eliminated losing 6 games on that tune uh, Tom's Tyrants they win one they move to 3-9 and nine and stay alive for another week but they are very much still in win or go home mode uh, the history of this matchup all time uh, Tom's Tyrants is 7-6 and six against Russell's team so now they take the lead in the series who knew Tom's team had this in them Chris I don't think Miles Sanders knew he had that. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, say people laugh at Miles Sanders, but you know, it's 28 points this year. He showed him who, who's boss. Um, yeah, look, it's 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 a good result here for his uh, his running back room, Sanders and Taylor. Obviously, uh, really uh, steamrolling their way through the opposition here. But uh, yeah, Brady you know, rolling back the years, 22 points, not too bad. And we've got got a shout out to. Follow the chief D, yeah. So that's uh, that's a big score. So you know, I think all round, that's it. There's not a great deal. Of his receivers, obviously, not anything to shout about, really. Um, but um, but similarly, uh, who needs them when you've got other people propping them up like that? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 117 points, great score, great score this time of the year. Exactly what you need, especially when somehow you're still in the division hunt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tom's come back from, I think, what, 2-6 and six before? He came back from 0-5. Uh, coming back from 2-9. and uh, nine. <laughs> I, I'm not going to call this an epic comeback when uh, you see the division as it is, and we'll see what that is later. But, I mean, yeah, I, yeah fair enough. That's it. That is a wonderful score. 
from less wonderful players this time of the year. Um, at the same time, talking about less wonderful players, <laughs> Ross's team, no touchdowns on the day. I mean, there's some there's some decent yardage there, but aside from that, there's really not a lot to write home about, is there? And this is just, you know, there's a lot of guys on poor offences at the wrong time of the year. Guys who are being shaved out of the offence. Kirk Cousins on the bench there to win 27 points. I mean, he could have been another 10, but it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have masked the problems. He still would have lost by 40. So, yeah, it's uh, it, since Cooper Cup went down, and you know, without a real lacking a real playmaker, um, it's uh, it, it's it's far from a solution for uh, for Ross. You say he's now well and truly out of the uh, out of it. But then again, uh, only winning two games all year and losing ten. Should you really be in a playoff race? I don't think so. So um, yeah, better luck next year on the autograph there, Ross. Hopefully, draft a better team. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I- injuries haven't been kind to Ross as well, for what it's worth. But um, to be fair, uh, injuries have also been very kind to Ross in previous years, namely one in particular. So, yes. uh, yeah, it, as we know in fantasy, positive and negative regression is a term you will know quite well, depending how much you read and listen to. But uh, yeah, that's definitely the case for what's happening to Ross's team here. Um, yeah, not, not a great day. Like you said, yeah, can't get the quarterback right. Um, just not not great players, not scoring touchdowns necessarily in a funk. For Tom's team, uh, yeah, it's bizarre because obviously it, Tom's team has kind of been in a funk all season long, but seemingly maybe coming out of it now. Uh, like Jonathan Taylor, healthy at last, being used as the bell cow that he is. Um, really helps playing guys like Van Jefferson. Yeah, some crazy things. So we'll, we'll see how far Tom can take it because he does need to win out and he also needs a little bit of uh, help uh, to even still have a chance at the playoffs, but uh, at least stays alive for another week. Meanwhile, uh, we already know one team that, that's uh, currently impaled by the four because you did that a couple of weeks ago on Ross's team, uh, Chris. Uh, absolutely right to do so as well. Uh, so we'll go to the last game of the week, which featured the two division leaders in the Winchester division. Much like the Portsmouth division, Gridiron Gang versus Bedenators, Patistan took on UR Gold in a less uh, less hyped-up match, I guess you could say, uh, when both of these teams had four wins coming in, but someone's got to win this division, and they both were tied for the lead at four and eight. Sorry, four and seven. Uh, and Patistan, they take the lead in the division as they won this one, 107 to 83 points, winning two on the trot now, dropping UR Gold uh, to two losses on the trot. Uh, looking down the lineups, Pakistan, Justin Herbert, he's uh, getting into fine form at the right time, 35 points there. Pakistan, Justin Jefferson, he had a great day on Thanksgiving too, 20 points, as did Ezekiel Elliott with 16. Uh, and that was those big performances, plus some other help, uh, got them where they needed to get with the 107 points. On the other side of the board, for UR Gold, Marcus Mariota, uh, the stream again, he only got 16 points on the day, so not quite as successful as has been done in seasons past. Michael Pittman got 12. Aaron Jones got 16, Jamal Williams got 11, and the Jets D got 13. Again, 83 points, not the worst on the day, but obviously couldn't win this one. Uh, so the history of this matchup all time, uh, Pakistan are now... Three and seven all time against your gold. So yeah, as I said earlier, definitely the week of the underdog. Uh, but despite uh, the Ixan pick him going wrong, I went five and one in the week, because I, I, I picked Tom Sirens and Pakistan to win in the Winchester game, so... Uh, Pakistan, uh, like it was slipping away. Maybe it's coming back to them again, Chris. Well, all I can say is that he has his uh, some of these big names coming through at just the right time for him. Justin never picked exactly the right time to have a big day. Uh, Justin Jefferson, as we know, absolutely brilliant player and has been all year Pat and Zeke. Is, he's always going to get the volume. Uh, aside from that, really not a great deal else there. But you know, we only got Devontae and Cora Patterson and 
uh, you've got you've got certainly got some way uh, of week in week out and contributing as well. So I think 107 is a fantastic result this time of the year. A must win game for Pat. So finally, finally getting across the line, he puts himself in the driving seat. He really does for the division. Definitely. Who who, uh, who would have guessed the two well, teams in the Winchester division score over 100 points? No less. I, I, you probably didn't get a chance to listen to the pod last week when you were in Dublin, but I firstly locked Tom's team to win. Then I, I changed my lock to Pat's team. Uh, <laughs> I was locking both Winchester Winchester games, and I got them both right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, I mean, and it's, it's just the right time, and you can see why. I think that um, some difficult matchups in there, shall we say, but the ones that counted worked. Um, on the other side, I mean, we've said this all year, the difference between these two teams this week was the quarterback again. Um, yeah. You know, there was no way of him of, of uh, OGB getting uh, anywhere near that quarterback score, so that's uh, that's quite high. But aside from that, skill positions are much better, I would say, in the sense that you know, Pittman scored good points, Jones scored good points, Williams scored good points, you know, Dalvin Cook not good points. In the say it's a bit of a problem there, but he has to contribute other parts of the year. You know, and 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 the Jets D doing well as well. But you know, that that twenty twenty ish points that takes you to the same level as Pat. It's all in the callback. It's all in the callback. So, yeah, just another one of those things that have plagued this team all year. But well done for not playing the Bears D against the Jets. <laughs> Do that. Going completely the other way. And, uh, and and it paying dividends. So I can uh, I can commend you for that. Absolutely. I think uh, the Bears defense might actually be, even be off his team now. I can't remember what the wave of move was. I that can't he believe did. that. I can't believe that. Like that that isn't surely the case. Uh, let's dip into his team because we're done with this game. Uh, so let's see. You are gold. Here we go. Yes, the the Bears are gone. They are no longer on your gold's uh, roster. Sorry. All I can say, he must have spoken to uh, Dave Henderson about the <laughs> Dolphins D. Let's see, how hard is it after all this time to then bid the Dolphins in and they just go and score 24 points? He was onto something, man. <laughs> As I say, he'd been derided on this podcast this whole year and yet, and yet, that's, uh, that's what they go and do. So what's the best that you go for 25 this week? Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. The bye week was the first thing to put the nail in the coffin, but he did not hold on to them. He did not make a bones of getting them back because I snuckily added the Dolphins D while they were on their bye week. Uh, so, yes, as you say, could have done it. So, watch out whoever's playing against the Bears defense. If anyone's playing against the Bears defense this week. Uh, so, there are ups of the game. So, yeah, I went 5-1 overall on the Pick'em and got the locks this week. That brings me to 56-40 and 40 all-time on the Pick'em and above 500 again on the locks, 9-8. and eight. Uh, We will go to the league news now. So, as I said, uh, there, there were a fair amount of injuries last week, but none particularly major. The only one I have uh, circled here is Najee Harris, because he it's very vague what has happened to him. It was reported as an abdominal injury. Some one threw about it could be a hernia. I was just checking some injury reports earlier, and it's now listed as an oblique. So I don't know what's going on with that dude. Uh, also, nobody seems to know exactly how long he will miss. Uh, could, could, some of the people said, oh, we could be back this week. He's not been practicing yet, so I would very much doubt that. But who knows how long this injury <laughs> could actually end up being, Chris. Just at the time when the Boltons uh, were maybe turning a bit of a corner. And he was turning a bit of a corner as well, because he had a slow start. Probably the bust of the first round, at least. Uh, m- maybe not the whole draft. That might be a bit harsh. But, uh, yeah, not not gr- ideal timing for the Boltons, really, Chris. No, I, not at all. Not at all. So, but we know this team's got enough in them. But, yeah, I, I would say... Uh, it's far from ideal timing. Uh, it's yeah, skeptical as to whether he'd make the playoffs anyway. But um, but yeah, I said I think there's certainly less less of a chance without one of his top players. That's for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then transaction-wise, again, a very quiet week. We only had two waiver claims this week, which I was stunned to see uh, wake, uh, waking up on uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, and so I've only highlighted one of those. There's been a few uh, few free agent uh, ads. Uh, so Bear Necessities, they uh, added Chase Claypool for Darnell Mooney. did not make the key injury section because I did not cast uh, Darnell Mooney as a key player. Um, uh, so uh, $23, my dad, spent on uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, what do you make of that addition, Chris? I mean, I, Chase Claypool did absolutely nothing for me. So, yeah, I, I had high hopes too. Um, he's not got a defined role in the offense. It's a very weird one because they've obviously gone gone big on the drafts. Um, yeah, they've been on picks for the Claypool, but yeah, you'd like to think that for fantasy purposes he'd be absolutely brilliant. But I don't know. I just don't see it. Maybe maybe stashing him for a playoff run uh, if they can get into the buy, saw him saw his roll out and come back and be better. But I don't know. They're certainly a run first offense and they don't throw a lot, so. Yeah, it could be a bit of a fan move that one. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, he was on my waiver queue just as a, you know a why not with a basically free roster space. But uh, I mean, twenty three dollars is one thing. I agree, it's not it's not going to pay that off because even if he does resume that Darnell Mooney role, Darnell Mooney was like mildly usable. He he'd been better of late. Um, well, obviously Justin Fields decided to play better, but like you say, a very run heavy team. Low volume pass offense, not only low volume, uh, but also quite spread across uh, the various receivers they have there. So, um, yeah, probably not going to be a massive impact there. Uh, so we'll go to the uh, standing stats and milestones now. So if we start off with the standings, uh, Southampton division. So Ixan, despite the loss, do still lead the division and the league with as bit the number one seed with that tendency record. But they do have back in the trend. Hot on the hills now, despite leading all season long. Could we see bucking the trend potentially overtake Ixan at 9-3 and three right behind them? Uh, Bear Necessities, they're a four hot on the hills of uh, bucking the trend themselves as well in the wildcard race. And they do have the superior points. Uh, and then the Polton's at the bottom there uh, at 5-7. and seven. Again, points-wise, pretty good. But as you kind of mentioned, uh, they have conceded the most points uh, in the league so far this year. Uh, in the ports with Division 2-8, uh, Gradan Gang on top now after they defeat Bedadnators, so they go to 8-4. High scoring team in the league, Bedadnators right behind them on 7-5, and five, of course. Uh, I think this is still the second highest scoring team in the league, one of only two teams to go over 1,200 points so far. Uh, Forge Flyers now at 6-6, six and six, uh, with uh, the Dream Team right behind them at 5-7. and seven. Uh, And then the Winchester Division, uh, so yeah, Pedestan leading that one up now at 5-7 and seven as well. So they could still get to 0. .500, it would be great to see a division team not have a losing, uh, sorry, division winning team to not have a losing record. Pat's got a chance to do it. Uh, you are gold at four and eight, right behind them, but their points is far, far worse. Uh, so really, they have to leapfrog Pat Stan for a chance to win the division and get to the playoffs. Now, uh, Tom Torrance at three and nine, still mathematically alive in the division. Uh, but uh, it would take a lot, a lot with Pakistan's win to be able to change that now. And then uh, Ross's team at 2 and 10 there at the bottom, uh, the lower seeded team in the league now. So uh, if the playoffs started today, we would have Ixan, Gridiron Gang, and Pakistan through to the playoffs by way of winning the division. You would then have Bucking the Trend as the traditional wildcard. And then Bedetonators would be the points forward wildcard. So that's what it looks like today. Uh, in the breakdown category, Gridiron Gang returns to the top top here with an 11-0 week, uh, a week after having a 10-1 week, so 94-38 uh, to go to the season. They did play Bedetonators, who despite getting 8 points, which actually isn't typically a bad score across all the weeks this season, they would have got 1-10 last week uh, with with that 8 points, so uh, they fall a bit behind now. And indeed, Ixan as well and Ben Assistis, 
uh, pretty much close to them, and then you have the middle ground that you would expect. Uh, then you get to the bottom side of this, uh, your goal, despite being a game behind in the division, 34 and 98 so far. Uh, the team below them in the division is above them in the breakdown at 42 and 90, so they've separated a bit there. Uh, and Pakistan, obviously, uh, just, just behind 500 there, uh, but at least winning their division now as well. Go to the coach ranking. Uh, Dream Team, Forge Flyers, Ben and Sesties uh, still at the top of this one. The only three teams to remain under 100 points. Uh, left on their bench versus their optimal lineup uh, through this two through since the start of the season. Uh, then you have the middle ground. Then we get to the bottom again. Once again, three Winchester Division teams rounding out the bottom here, uh, with Tom's Tyrants being the very most bottom, uh, and then Padistan right behind them. Tom's Tyrants has left nearly 200 points on their bench. Uh, through uh, 12 weeks of the season so uh, yeah definitely going to be ruining some of those certainly where points could potentially come into their playoff chances now as well uh, I was just going to look back uh, if, if you go on the matchup recaps when you go on desktop or anything uh, you can see some interesting stats uh, along the side when you scroll down so I just happened to notice some of those earlier because and uh, they, they seem a little bit fun so we'll just go through those so Napolitans has now beaten their projected score five weeks in a row that's actually pretty crazy if you think about it yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, so the Dream Team won last week despite not starting a top 30 running back. Uh, again, interesting, sure. Um, <laughs> so if you are gold, continues to find the pundits and has beaten their projected score three weeks in a row. My question there, how low was his projection <laughs> each of these weeks? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, teams have fun one fifth, sorry, won 54% of the time uh, when they throw no picks in a week. Okay. Uh, and they also win 72.7% of the time when they uh, have the league's uh, highest scoring running back. Well, they, they start the league's highest scoring running back, which again makes sense. Uh, Forge Flies, you have now short, fallen short of your predicted score four weeks in a row. Uh, and uh, Bedadinators has now decreased their score in each of the past four weeks. So if that, that basically means obviously their score has gone down as the weeks have gone on, which isn't what you want when you're fighting for a playoff score. No. No. Uh, we'll go to the milestones now. Only one that I picked out that was quite notable. Um, and very poetic. Myself and my dad entered the 200 appearance club at the exact same time, uh, which means all of the founding teams now that are obviously still in the league have uh, reached 200 appearances. Uh, we will go to debate corner now, the bit you've obviously been eagerly waiting for. To do that, we obviously need John to help us get in there. Uh, John, can you can you please help us out? Thank you, John. Uh, so, yeah, it's no surprises what's coming to debate corner today. Stick a fork in them. They done. Which teams are we putting the fork into? It's week 12. It's probably a bit later than we would normally start forking teams, but obviously with the new super playoff format, uh, it's, it's obviously a bit harder to do it earlier. Uh, we obviously already have got Ross's team forked, rightly so. Uh, let's start from the bottom. So let's start with the Winchester division, Chris. I think despite Tom's Tyrant's win, they are basically 100 points behind Pat. They would need to win out. I think they have a game against Pat, and but they would also need Pat to lose, and obviously you are gold to lose twice as well. Uh, I think we can probably safely fork Tom, unfortunately. I think he can. I think, I think Pat's team is he's, he's just better. And I think Tom's Tyrants is doing better in recent, but I do think that Pat overall has got more playmakers. So, yeah, fork, fork the Tyrants. We're obviously <laughs> forks Ross's team yep. already. Can't fork you on goal. They've still got... Well, uh, I, I was just going to say this. So, do we really think... UR Gold can win two games because to make the playoffs, they have to win two games 
Uh, and if Pat basically wins one, they are 135 points behind Padasan. I and they play so one game they play uh, Ross's team, and that's the last week of the season. This week they play uh, they play Bucking the Trend, who are in white form. I think we can probably fork you our gold as well. Uh, I I am not going to fork you. Okay. I am going to keep them in the hunt because you know why? You know why? Strange things happen. <laughs> Strange things happen. I have played UR Gold before in in challenging playoff defining games before the uh, the last day of the season. And you know what he's done? He beat me every time. Might be worried this week, but I know they're in good form. And they're in good form, but there's still a lot to play for. And they've still got to play Ross's team, so I'm not saying that's a given win, but um, you know, there's a high chance of that right now, bearing in mind for uh, the predicament Ross is in. So yeah, I, I, I've got something. If I, I will caveat that and say, obviously, if this week uh, Pat gets a positive result and UR Gold does not get a positive result, then knives are out. <laughs> let, 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 let's put a spoon on UR Gold for now. They're not, they're not quite Let, forked. They've, they've got, they've got the, uh, they've got the spoon on them. Uh, so Palestine definitely not getting the fork. They're still alive. Uh, the dream team. So despite being five and seven, no chance of the division. No chance of the. Well, card spot. Uh, in terms of points, there are a hundred points behind Bedeno. This, which is the points forward. So I can see Chris gesturing. If you're watching on the video, there, you want to fork the dream team here. The dream team would be a fork for me, Nate. Yes, five wins ain't enough in that division. They're too far behind. Uh, I think in the uh, the points forward against any of the teams that are around them, uh, whether that be Bedeno's or or yourself, uh, or indeed back in the trend or Benesestes in the Samson division. So. Yeah, I'm afraid it's, afraid it's, it's one that's been feisty this year, but just the record speaks for itself, I'm afraid. Sure. Uh, I, I hate to fork a fellow podcast host, but I'm afraid I, uh, it's circling you as well, Chris. It, it, it's time, mate. It's time. I said, absolutely, get rid of me. I said, that is not the objective this year, as I keep saying. <laughs> six and six is exactly where we want to be. I want to be at seven and seven come the end of the year. 500 is good. I don't want to be in the playoff. I don't need that this year. I don't want that. I don't want to win. I don't want any of the hassle that comes with it. Please, please, fork me now so I don't have anything <laughs> going on past next week. Uh, the, uh, too much. <laughs> the fork is safely inside. You can you can focus on the 500. I'm That's really okay. Uh, obviously, Gridiron Gambit is definitely nowhere near the fork. Uh, we go on to the Southampton division then. Uh, Napolitans, similar boat, but actually slightly worse, really, than the Dream Team. They have 37 less points uh, than the Dream Team. So by that decree, and the same record, by the way, it, it would seem to suggest that we need to fork Napolitans as well. Uh, I'm afraid so. I think again, Napolitans. Uh, I, I love to see a, uh, a playoff between the Napolitans and the Dream Team. So as the feistiest team, that's not going to make the playoffs. So, but at the same time, that's it. Yes, I'm afraid so. Again, not enough wins in that division. Those three above them are absolute powerhouses. Two out of three of them are going to be in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, unfortunately, it's it better luck next year. But again, another good good year, I think, for Dave Henderson. He's going to be. Uh, hopefully, you can get uh, get towards 500 before the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned earlier, yeah, has, has been conceded on a lot. It's not been for the lack 100%. of the team. Yep. Absolute uh, shat on from a great height. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, we're not forking Ben Assessi's back in the trend or Exxon because it's all to play for there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you say two of these teams, there is a potential that only one of these teams could uh, make the playoffs still. Um, depending what happens elsewhere, a, a slim chance, but uh, could happen. So, if you're keeping count, uh, I believe that is uh, we have forked one, two, three, four. 
five, six, six playoff teams. Is that right? So we forked Ross's team, Tom's team. You did not want to fork Ollie, so I will not uh, yeah. shove. He, he has been spooned. Uh, Dream Team and Fortifiers are forked, and then uh, Napoleon's. Oh, so we've uh, we've only uh, forked five teams. Then is that right? I think it's so. only five. Is it you are gold? Could may well get forked come the uh, come Sunday. But <laughs> Still then, I still have faith in the fantasy football god that things are going to go very, very weird. I think this this week for Mike and you are gold. I just have this feeling. Well, let's uh, all keep our eyes peeled for that because that would be quite the spectacle. Uh, speaking of this week and Sunday, uh, the week thirteen preview, the penultimate week of the LSU regular season. Uh, obviously, we cannot uh, definitively. Uh, say who will make playoffs for this week. With a win, Ixan would uh, be in the playoffs for sure. Uh, but that, I think, is the only one uh, in terms of that side. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, take a look at the matchups on the on the docket. We have Gridang against Napolitans, Palestine against Bear Necessities. So that's obviously two playoff teams. And the Gridang Gang, Napolitans, by the way, is the Hutamaki Bowl, as Dave did used to work for Hutamaki as well. Uh, but Detonators versus Ixan. Uh, again, two playoff hopefuls. You are gold against Bucking the Trend. Again, another two playoff hopefuls. Uh, Vickers Circle against Forge Flies. And then the Dream Team against Tom's Tyrants, which is a Corona Bowl 6 rematch. Uh, the Corona Bowl in 2014. Uh, where do you want to go with the marquee matchup this week, Chris? I said this week, Nate. I said, I there's only one place that we can go. I think it's the one, the one uh, matchup that's got any sort of uh, direct playoff relevance, and that is Badenez versus Ixan. That was the one I was highlighting to cut and paste in my notes file, so uh, we are on the same wavelength. So here we go. Well, the marquee matchup for Week 13, Badenez against Ixan. Seven and five, the Detonators take on the ten and two league leading Ixan. Both of these teams currently seeded for the playoffs. Obviously, Ixan by way of division, the Detonators by way of points forward wildcard. But hang on a minute, both these teams are coming off of losses. Uh, but then they just could do a three on the trot if they lose this one to Ixan. Uh, meanwhile, Ixan will do something they've not done this season and lose two on the trot for the first time they lost. Uh, the projections do say it's going to go the way of Ixan, though. 96 to 90 points. So let's take a look at the lineup, see what's going on. Uh, so for Ixan, Tyler Lockett comes into the lineup, uh, dropping uh, dropping James Connor to the bench, uh, meaning Ixan is fielding uh, the 20 personnel this week. Two running backs and three wide receivers. On the other side of the board for the detonators, you know, Smith remains as the star for now. Uh, in terms of lineup changes, Chris Olave returns to the lineup. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco comes in and so does Kyron Williams. Lots of change there for Bedernate as well. When you see DeAndre Hopkins and Abai going to the bench, the uh, potentially injured Travis Etienne and Michael Carter as well dropping to the bench. That's the reason why. They are fielding 30 personnel this week. Three running backs, two wide receivers. The history of this matchup all time. Bedernate is are 7 and 8 against Dixon, so it's a close one. Chris, uh, where do you think this matchup's going to go? Yeah, I, this is this is the battle of the reserves versus the injured players here. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> this 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 is wild, and here's why it's wild because I think no McCaffrey will play. Um, Debo is questionable. If he, yeah. Um, and Antonio Gibson is extremely questionable. Well, this that. this is the bizarre thing with Gibson. So he was limited yesterday, I think, with. A uh, quarter, a hamstring, or something of that nature. Mister Day did not practice with the foot, so who knows what's going on there? 
Yeah, this is exactly that. Now, this is no, no one really knows, but the problem he the problem that they have here is Melvin Gold has just signed for Kansas City, which is again a bit of an under the radar <laughs> win. But he can go and join that unbelievable committee of like five of them that don't do anything. Uh, Zay Jones has been bought in again. He's struggling with injury, and then you've got Cole Komet down there, who is probably good for a touchdown a game. Uh, in the well, he certainly wasn't good for a touchdown a game uh, a couple of weeks ago. But again, it's a tough matchup against Green Bay. So look, there's there's not a lot behind that starting starting lineup for Ben, and you have to then look at it and go, well, if it's Mahomes, Lockett, a bit of Melvin Gordon possibly, Komet maybe, uh, maybe a bit of Zay Jones and a banged up Christian McCaffrey with Tucker in the Ravens D. That's it. Bit of Sahar on that. But on the same, other side, I'm not really, I, I'm feeling a bit more, but it's a Pacheco and Kyron Williams, particularly Kyron Williams. Is it, are we really going to expect some serious fancy output from a guy that I know it's going to be his only, he's going to be the only guy in that back for this weekend because Aches is out injured. But the quarterback can run. They're in a bit of a rut. They're going to be behind. I mean, Seattle playing well. I, I don't know, man. He's going to have to lean on on Derrick Henry's playing Philly. Tough place to go. I was just going to say on that one as well. They've got uh, Jordan Davis should be coming back from IR, and he was absolutely destroying the run game uh, earlier in the season. Obviously, the Eagles run really hasn't been the same since. And Henry has sneakily been quite inefficient of late. Yeah, I see. I, this is this is the inefficiency of the offense. Really, uh, is that. You know, they, they can't get a great deal going. They've got not a lot of passing game. They have to rely on him. They're just going to stack the box and uh, and hope he doesn't run through them. And you know, I think that's a lot of, what a lot of teams seem to be doing. You know, Cincinnati played, played that last year. They did that in the playoffs. They did that last week, and they just stifled them. Um, you know, Chris Love is playing Tampa. And say Tampa's um, been better of late, but still, the New Orleans offense we talked about earlier on mm-hmm. is absolute trash bag. Um, Steve Lamb's playing playing at home. That's it. You've got to be. He's going to get some plenty of targets. I think that's a good matchup for him. Wow, he's but, going to be covered by Stephon Gilmore, who's even at age 32 is having a bit of a renaissance. Yeah, all right then. But they <laughs> absolutely rinsed by by Pittsburgh last week against. Well, I mean, let's just also also ran wide receivers. So I'm not having any of that. And uh, and Gino, well, uh, Gino's been pretty consistent. Look at that: 23 points, 24 points, 20. Yeah. You know what you're going to get from him. And Aaron Donald ain't playing either, so um, that's one less thing to worry about. No, that's it. But um, but you know, that's it. I I still think that LA Rams D. You know, if he's got, he's still got Jalen Rams in it. It's still going to be there. It's still going to be taken. He's still going to be picking. I don't care he's going to get sacked. It's not about that in fantasy football. It's how many times you get picked. Uh, I I you know, Gino threw some stupid picks of the weekend. <laughs> anyone saw it? So in Christ. Um, so, anyways. The point of the, matter, the fact of the matter is here is that Ollie's going to have to lean on Gino, C. Lab, and the Cowboys D, and Derrick Henry, and what Derrick Henry can salvage from that offense, and just hope that Pacheco, hope that Kyron Williams, and hope that Chris Olave somehow be able to, to, to get in. Whilst Ben, he's just hoping that he can fill the team, and then that's why he win this game. So, you, sorry, you're picking Bedadnaders, was that, or you're picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm picking Bedenes as well. S- sort of a similar, uh, well, slightly different reason to you, I should say. I- I'm actually going to make the assumption that I think Fields plays. He practiced in full today. Um, he, sh- he should uh, ruin that uh, Packers defense if he plays like he has been playing. I'm going to assume that Travis Etienne is going to be playing because it sounds pretty promising, and that probably drops. Uh, let's say Curran Williams to the bench. Uh, 
Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, by the way, uh, so I think Jarek McKinnon for the Chiefs, he uh, is not practicing with a hamstring injury, so Pacheco could be the, the you know the firm lead back of the game that week as well. Um, so I think there's going to be a few changes for Oli's team between now and Sunday, and as you say, Iksan is just reeling with the injuries at the moment, not quite at full strength. Uh, we've seen Sam Fran have not had a willingness to you know, shoulder the load of McCaffrey uh, for good reason because they want him healthy for when it matters. And even though Elijah Mitchell unfortunately went down for Eucharist with injury last week, I don't see that changing, um, especially when he's already kind of nicked up himself. And as you say, the options on the bench aren't entirely uh, inspiring that. I do like the Zay Jones ad though, by the way, if that Jags offense is clicking, but yeah, no, I'm going with Ollie this week as well. Um, so yeah, that, that maybe puts Ben's uh, playoff spot in jeopardy, potentially, who knows? Uh, so we'll go on to the next game then, uh, which is uh, You Are Gold against Bucking the Trend. Another two playoff applause in slightly different ways. Bucking the Trend carrying a four-game win streak and the current owner of the wildcard spot take on your Gold, who are a game behind in the division but realistically need to win out to make it, despite coming off of a two-game slide at four and eight. Uh, they are not projected to get a win here, though. Uh, Bucking the Trend have that honor at 95 to 88. Looking down the lineup for Bucking the Trend, uh, Christian Watson comes into the lineup in favor of... Jeff Wilson, uh, no other changes there, so uh, they're going with the 20 personnel this week, two running backs and three wide receivers. On the other side of the board for you are gold. I think Brandon Cooks comes into the lineup, uh, dropping... It was Tyler Boyd, I think. Tyler Boyd to the bench. Thank you, Chris. Uh, so he is going, and that has changed since earlier as well, because he had Richie James in at one point, which I could not believe my eyes. He's going with the thir 30 personnel, three running backs, wishbone, uh, and two wide receivers. Uh, the history of this matchup all time. Uh, your gold is one and two against spiking the trend. And just before you get into this game, Chris, I will just circle back and cover off those injuries. We, we did mention them pretty... Formally, but just, uh, oh, and as we speak, Oli is actually put Travis Etienne. Is he listening into his lineup? Uh, he should play. Um, yeah, he just kind of had a thing with the, the, the surgically repaired foot from the Liz Frank last year, but yeah, apparently he was cleared to go in the game and could have come back in. It was just precautionary, so he should play. I don't think Hart is going to play with a low ankle sprain. Uh, Zay Jones, uh, limited with the chest injury, he's going to play, I think. Uh, Antonio Gibson, truly questionable at the moment. No idea. The OC did say he should be able to play by Sunday, but... Who knows at this point? Uh, as you say, Chris Debo probably not going to play, but McCaffrey should play. So uh, enough of that. Over to you, Chris. Uh, is Bucking the Trend going to waltz through your gold here, or are they going to encounter some turbulence? I think there's some weird stuff going to happen in this game. Right? <laughs> That's it. It's just something about this game that I think is is just uh, the writing's possibly on the wall a little bit here. Because look, look what you got for Bucking the Trend. Yes, tours, they've got to go. Tua and the, mm -hmm. the, the Dolphins will go all the way across the country and play San Francisco. San Francisco's defense is in great form at the moment. Yes, the Dolphins' offense has been great this year, but as we've seen, it's strange to go uh, cross country like that. Keenan Allen playing, uh, the Chargers playing Vegas. Vegas, I like it. Uh, Sim Brown playing the Jacksonville D. That's it. You know, Detroit have been misfiring. I just don't. I just don't know. Sir Brown and the and that offense went out really well. It was a big week last week against the Bills, but um, but yeah, they seem to find games like that difficult, or at least they uh, they get into a track meet. Is it Bark against the um, uh, the Commanders? That's it. Same early season, absolute absolute form. Come off the bye, big week mm -hmm. against Detroit. 
not so good not so good against Dallas say scored a touchdown play the commanders yes yeah, they're no slouches oh their run has been great of late and they might even get Chase Young back in this one as well exactly that so yeah so he's a big dude so yeah uh, Josh Jacobs has tweaked his calf so maybe we'll see a lot of him maybe we won't who knows and Christian Watson well I'm sorry but you know he might, he might be good going forward but and he's had a beat some three big weeks but you know play the Bears away yeah, he's know. been very efficient because he's not actually had a lot of uh, targets and things. He's just been super, super, which can happen. It obviously happened with AJ Brown uh, yep. when he was in Tennessee. But but yeah, like you say, especially with Rogers dealing with an injury now as well. It's um yeah. And who's that on the other side of the board? And where do the best absolutely suck the run game? Well, <laughs> quite. So um, so yes, I said. I mean, they looks at the side and there's some, there's some streaky guys, but you know. Jaguars play in Jacksonville. I say I know that they've diff- they've been difficult recently, but you know, I don't know. That's it. It's if this is one game of turning it around, then maybe that's it. They just don't. I don't know you can't get too excited about a game like that. It's just two teams that are perennially sucks over time. <laughs> um, but Jacksonville's defense is better than one might think. Um, Brandon is a little bit injured, but if you bring in a Tyler Boyd or a Hawkinson, I don't think that's a massive difference. To be quite honest, I would argue uh, even a mild upgrade. Cooks has been. He, he's just effectively droppable at this point. That's how bad he's been this year. Yeah, I see. And it's all quarterback play. I'd bring Hawkinson in. I'm playing the Jets at home. I think it's, that's, that's, that's to me, sounds like points. Um, you know, Pittman's going to be uh, in Dallas. They're going to be throwing, but, you know. He's going to get the Trayvon Diggs yeah. treatment. He yeah. certainly is. Dalvin Cook, so again, it's a bit, a bit of an up and down for him uh, in the last couple of weeks, but we know what he's capable of. Same with Aaron Jones, a bit, bit banged up. Surely, if Aaron Rodgers is a little bit injured, then they're going to lead on that run game because they're good. And Jamal Williams, well, that's it. Um, due to the untimely death of uh, DeAndre Swift's <laughs> fantasy hopes mid-season, that's it. he's definitely been the beneficiary of that. So I'd like to see some good points there. Jets play Minnesota. That's it. Not going to do that. They're playing Kirk Cousins in Kirk Cousins' land at six o'clock. You know what's going to happen? Just they're going to get burned. Go with someone else. Go find someone else. But I think when you when you take that all into account, Mike's team is very good, and you can't knock the fact that over the last few weeks, some of the, there's been some big numbers in there. But you are gold. I don't know with that those three running backs, you can never really run rule them out, especially if Goff is okay on the day, um, and uh, and Pittman puts puts up puts up an okay number. And they obviously have a, a, a credible second receiver. So I think UIGOL could be punchy, but Bucking the Trend should win this game. Yeah, I'm going uh, with Bucking the Trend as well. Like you said, I could absolutely see a decent day from UIGOL just because, as you say, that engine room is, you know, it's the NFC North powerhouse. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think when when he scores a touchdown, he typically doubles his money, or you know, whenever he's scoring, he's typically having a multi-touchdown game. That's obviously something to factor. Um, it's yeah, is the quarterback going to perform? That's usually the big thing for your goals because that has what's let him down time after time this season. Uh, and as you say, with the Jets' defense as well, I don't know. Maybe the Jets is a pretty good unit. We'll see. I know it's six o'clock and in Minnesota, but. It might not be all, all doom and gloom. Uh, for Bucking the Trend, I completely agree with Samuel Points. Uh, obviously, two has got his hardest matchup of the season going across the other side of the country. Barkley has been a little bit washed lately. Do we, is Jacobs healthy? I don't know. There is a few boat race games here, though. Those That Chargers-Raiders game should be a yeah. boat race. Um, even, the, to be fair, the Jags uh, versus Detroit could become a boat race. 
uh, and maybe even Green Bay against Chicago as well. So, um, like you say, uh, I'm going to go back in the trend as well. Just on the form of the two teams across the season, we obviously know who is better there. Uh, Injury-wise, uh, Brennan Cooks, he's questionable, but I think he should play. Obviously, he did miss uh, uh, some time, but he should be back. Aaron Jones, again, he's a bit nicked up, but he should play in this one. Richie James uh, also, but should play. And I think... Um, I saw Darius say, and I don't know if he was injured or ill earlier as well, so that could play into that. Aaron Rodgers, he obviously left the game with a rib injury uh, last week, but sounds positive, and he'll probably play um, this week. And if they don't win, he might. There's talk that he might just get shut down for the season because he's obviously been playing through a broken thumb as well. Pretty hard for a quarterback. Uh, and yeah, as you said, Chris as well, Josh Jacobs dealing with a calf injury that popped up on Friday. He played, and then I, I don't know. It's kind of come up again. Really bizarre, but yeah, it's definitely one to watch for Mike. Uh, we'll go on to our next game then now, uh, which uh, d- doesn't really have any playoff uh, hopes, but uh, one team's quest for 500, it certainly does. It's uh, Vickers Circle against Ford Flies. Two teams with a combined losing streak of 10 games. Vicar Circle with six of those 10 and Fortifies with the other four. Face off here uh, for some pride at the end of the season. Uh, so Fortifies six and six, hovering at the 500 right now. Vicar Circle, two and 10, far drift, just wanting to avoid the bottom spot. Projections are already close as well. 86.99 to 86.69 in favor of Forge Flyers looking down the lineup. So for Forge Flyers, to a tongue, uh, sorry, Trevor Lawrence comes into the starting lineup with Kyle Murray on bye. Uh, who else has shifted around? Drake London comes in in favor of. Uh, is the player even on your team anymore? Chris? He's not now. No. Yes, good, good shout. Uh, so you are fielding the uh, 20 personnel this week, two running backs, three wide receivers. On the other side of the board, for Vickers Circle, they're sticking with Dak this week. For now, anyway. Uh, and then in terms of other lineup changes, uh, I don't think they have made any changes. So they're still fielding the 20 personnel. 21 personnel, sorry. Two running backs, a tight end, and two wide receivers. Uh, the history of this matchup all time, uh, Forge Flies are 7-4 against Ross's team. Chris, uh, I think, uh, well, one more win and you have guaranteed yourself 500. So, um, it's uh, it, you know, it's good that you're facing the bottom opposition in the league. I think it's ideal. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's it's definitely good timing. I think for Ross, he's got some difficult defensive matchups there. I mean, you look at that in the Denver, LA, Baltimore, New England. You know, it's, the, the list goes on. So, yeah, that's that's not ideal. I think there's, there's guys that are out of format, Nick. Uh, especially if Fields comes back, then Montgomery's not going to be used nearly as much as uh, as as he would want. Murray's been leaned on recently as well, but again, Denver, we know that Denver's offensive struggles. Um, you know, Metcalf against LA, is, it's a difficult match no matter what. Andrews against Denver, same thing. And um, Dak has underwhelmed somewhat. I would be much, much, much uh, more scared to see Kirk Cousins against the Jets <laughs> come in there. But you know, that's just me. Um, it's not on my team. Uh, on, the, on my side, I'm, however, that's it. I've gone for pure matchups alone. That's it. I think Detroit is the number one uh, fantasy defense for quarterbacks. Pittsburgh is the number one fantasy defense for wide receivers, and Houston is the number one fantasy defense for uh, running backs. So that bodes well. Um, let's hope Kamara comes back in and uh, and has a slightly less of a stinker. And that, as we said before, Waddle uh, and the uh, Miami Dolphins don't choke up against the. Uh, the <laughs> San Francisco away. Look, let's be honest. Let's see, there's one guy who knows San Francisco's scheme is might be Daniel isn't it? So, um, and um, and yeah, Cortland Sutton, who is well, 
I, I saw earlier on that Cortland Sutton across all his games scored the same amount as Kareem Hunt on my bench. Uh, <laughs> so yes, think of that and what we what you want. But look, I'm an, ever an optimist. One game he's going to come good. Let's just hope it's this one. Uh, let's hope that Mike White turns less of Dan Marino and back into Mark Sanchez. Um, and um, and yeah, let's hope for a better week because the last few weeks have been absolutely dreadful. Um, and if I can get to over 90 points, I will be thrilled with him at the moment. So there you go. That's it. I've gone from optimist to pessimist, just like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the roster team's got two wins for a reason. There's surely, surely I've got to be able to win this one. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm going with your team based on that. Like, like you say, whatever it is, the Saints always seem to be able to get themselves up to play the Bucks. Um, yeah, you, you've got some good players behind that as well. Nick Chubb, Jalen Waddle. I love the Trevor Lawrence stream coming out of the bye. He's been good. He's 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 very he's he was a bit more bust earlier in the season, but he's definitely got the boom games in him, and this could certainly be one. Like you say, Colton Sutton, uh, he, he might not be remarkable, but he's pretty steady um, as the leading option on that Denver uh, offense. Uh, and the Baltimore defense is not great either, so there's a fair amount of things to like. Drake London's the only kind of wild card one that you've thrown in, but I don't hate that because he, on paper, is should be a leading receiver. I don't know why Olamanda, whatever his name is, a case is getting loads of targets, but they should be going to Drake London. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I know you uh, once famously and heroically started Mike White, and it obviously paid big dividends, but people don't really talk about the game after that well, so much where he did shit the bed. So um, yeah, history repeating itself is a good thing to bet on with that, I think, as well. So uh, yeah, and as you for Ross's team <laughs> I, I, yeah <laughs> we don't need to say anything Latavius Murray is starting for his team which isn't the worst fantasy option to be fair at this point but I think it just punctuates a 32 year old running back on one of the most putrid offences in the uh, NFL uh, being um, basically a mainstay of a fantasy team so no I'm, I'm going for uh, your team as well injury wise uh, both starting lineups have a clean bill of health uh, Trenton Burks, he popped up today. He did not practice. I think that might be an illness. I didn't. It is. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is an illness. So he should be good to go by Sunday. Um, so we'll go on to another game then, uh, which features uh, again uh, two teams that probably don't have a chance at the playoffs, but uh, mathematically just about uh, the Dream Team against Tom's Tyrants. Five and seven Dream Team take on the three and nine Tom's Tyrants. Uh, yeah, Dream Team alive in the po- uh, points for- forward wildcard only. Uh, meanwhile, Tom's Tyrants have a slim, slim chance to win their division still. That is their only hope. They need to win to do it. The projections say they won't. 86 to 83 in favor of the Dream Team. Looking down the lineups, uh, Jamar Chase comes back into the lineup for the Dream Team. Uh, I think Gus Edwards comes in as well, dropping DJ Moore to the bench. Uh, and also, was it MVS they played last week? I don't think it was. Some, somebody else. Uh, so they are playing the 20 personnel this week. Two running backs and three wide receivers. On the other side of the board for Tom's Tyrants. Uh, let's see here. Uh, they are unchanged at the moment, I think. So they are also going 20 personnel. Two running backs, three wide receivers. The history of this matchup all time. Uh, let's see here. Tom's Tyrants are... Uh, where is the dream team 11 and 5 against the dream team one of those obviously being that coronavirus 6 that I mentioned earlier Uh, well history will repeat itself Uh, Chris will Tom overcome uh, the dream team as history says they normally do you think I you think that but I don't know I mean Brady and Evans are playing in uh, a tough matchup for them and we know how Evans gets on against Marshall and Lattimore which is never is Lattimore back I know he's getting close 
He's here. He, I, if he's not back for this game, I'll be amazed. <laughs> He'd come back just for my count. Because <laughs> he knows that he can put him on island. I'm not. I'm joking. It's, uh, he is. He's going back this week. So yeah, it says he could just he could come back just about. So yeah, I'm I'm expecting that to happen. I'm expecting Evans to get shut down. So if that happens, then no, because I don't think that Van Jefferson and Ayuk can um, uh, can can shoulder the uh, the charge there on the receiving core. And neither do I think that Miles Sanders and Jonathan Taylor can really take on that again. I mean, you know, I know that uh, you know, Jonathan had a good week last week, but um, but playing Pittsburgh and. Uh, and their defensive struggles this year. I don't think that um, uh, Dallas will, especially playing them in Dallas as well, uh, will present them the same sort of uh, uh, opportunities. Same with Sanders, really. I know it's a um, uh, they're playing the Titans, um, but you know, twenty-eight points don't come around very often. That's what got him across the line. I know that he's been better than some weeks uh, in in recent weeks than some years, rather, but. Um, but yeah, so he's touchdown dependent, extremely touchdown dependent. I think. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested to see if if he can get anywhere close. If he can get even within ten percent of his his yards from last mm-hmm. week. Um, yeah, like you say, definitely an outlier. Yeah, maybe half. I'll go with half. <laughs> Let's give him a higher bar. Um, what's on the other side? This back to his boom and bust best, I think. Um, yeah, that Casey uh, Cincinnati game could be wild. I think if um, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of offense there. Chase coming back in just at the right time as well. Um, Stefan Diggs playing tonight uh, against New England. Um, again, a weird one there. That's it. I think that um, say he's good for a touchdown most games at the moment. It seems mm-hmm. if it's high yards, so and they've got problem there. But it's down the bottom is, is the ones. It's the Gus Edwards, Paris Campbell, Tony Pollard trio, which is the the thing that I just simply don't like. I think that Gus Edwards is more likely to get injured than score big points. I mean, last week he just ran in a, ran in a one-yard touchdown, so maybe that's also what he's good for. Um, not so good for Paris Campbell. I'm not too sure on that one, to be quite honest. I, if, if you're gonna, why, why play someone that underwhelming when you can play someone like MBS and just roll the dice mm-hmm. the bench? Um and Pollard, who, you know, let's be honest, when Zeke plays, that's it. he doesn't get nearly as much of a look in, but, um, but at the same time, we know what he can do. And, you know, that's, that's again, a bit of a dice roll. I think Bucker and the Bills did a, a reasonably good start as well, especially against New England tonight. So, yeah, yeah it's, it, this, this here is a bit of a, bit of a match-up, match-up um, dependent one. But I, I have to say, I like Burrow, Diggs, Chase, the Bills D and Pollard better than anything Tom's got to offer this week I have to say yeah no we are agreeing on everything thus far I'm, I'm going with the dream team as well I think Brady and Evans could have a better day than normal against the Saints but that, that offensive hasn't been clicking this is a key divisional game for, for what it's worth Ayuk's been getting by with some touchdown dependency as well kind of like you said with Miles Sanders Jonathan Taylor's back that's nice uh, and then Vaughn Jefferson God, God only knows what you're going to get from that. Um, Chiefs against Cincinnati. I, there will be some team changes for Tom, I'd imagine. There's no good defences out there, really, though, at the moment. Uh, and he also doesn't really have much to go to on the bench. So he's kind of between a rock and a hard place, for us, as you say, for Viv. He's got some stars that are pinning him up. Uh, I'm not going to name names. There are definitely some players on the waiver wire right now who have the opportunity at quite a bit of touches against some good matchups. I'm not going to give anybody a handout. You can go figure it out yourself, but... 
as you say, I don't know why you're playing Paris Campbell, and I said the same thing last week over some other options like that. Um, so uh, that's the only thing I don't like, but uh, no, yeah, I still uh, fancy the Dream Team to win in this one here. Injury-wise, uh, yeah, Jamar Chase, he should be back this week uh, from uh, the hip injury that's kept him out for uh, over a month now. Uh, was close last week, so yeah, I'd very much expect him to play this week. Mike Williams, he's not practicing still. He will not play after re-aggravating the high ankle sprain. Jerry Judy still not practicing either. He's not going to play. J.K. Dobbins is close to a return, but I wouldn't imagine it would be this week. Uh, Raheem Mostert, he's still quite iffy after he missed last week's game with the knee injury. Uh, and then no other injuries in this game as well. James Robinson was inactive, but he'll, he'll be in, he'll be active. Sorry, uh, probably with uh, Michael Carter sitting out as well. Uh, we'll go to the next game then, which is the Hootamaki Bowl. Uh, it is Gridiron Gang against Napoleons. Gridiron Gang at eight and four, leading the division with another win, puts them that much closer to punching their tickets to the playoffs. Meanwhile, Napoleons just need to score points in a hurry. Uh, if they get a win along the way, that will be going as well. They are not projected to do so, mind. 97 to 96 points, so it's fairly close, though. Uh, let's take a look at the lineups for Gridiron Gang. John Mixon originally returns to the lineup, assuming he's back. Uh, from his concussion, which kept him out last week, over some RJP Ryan. Brian Robinson also comes into the lineup uh, over Rashad White. So, Gridiron Gang is going with the 31 personnel again, three running backs and a tight end and a wide receiver. On the other side of the board, four Napolitans. Uh, let's see here. I believe they are unchanged at the moment. So, they are fielding the uh, 20 personnel, two running backs and three wide receivers. Uh, the history of this matchup all time. Uh, Gridiron Gang are, wow, it's a tight series, actually. One and one between the two of them. Uh, Chris, uh, can Napolitans cause some late drama in the playoff race, potentially, here? Yes, uh, I think they really can. I think they're going to see uh, uh, a lot of games in this here with a lot of offense. I mean, you look down there, I, see, I think that's like the Philly game, you know, good Jalen Hurts is, uh, especially at home. Tyreek, Higgins, Kirk. Stevenson, we'll forget about Harris for now because I don't think he's going to play. But all of those guys are in games which have uh, I mean, positive game scripts for the, all the players there. Uh, particularly, may I add, may I add Christian Kirk and Ramondre Stevenson down there. I think he, a lot's going to go through Stevenson tonight. Mm -hmm. um, playing, playing the Bills. Um, so let's say that, um, that Harris doesn't play well. That's not such a bad thing because, um, yeah, Juju's good, might play. And again, that's going to be a game with, once again, a lot of offense. He's uh, also got Josh Palmer, uh, especially with Mike Williams out. Uh, and as I said, uh, it could be a boat race against a very soft defense. So there's that option too. Indeed. So there's there's much to uh, much to like over there. I think that there's some, you know, Tyreek's been scary against uh, uh, against certain defenses this year. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm interested to see how how that goes. But look, I'm not going to completely rule the team out here, Nate, because you know it's. <laughs> Uh, Josh Allen's against them in a, in a weird matchup tonight. I mean, I think I'd be a little bit scared of that Thursday night football against New England or against New England and away from home. Mm. Um, but you yeah. say that though. Uh, I mean, I, I agree. On paper, it could be quite scary. And you've got the Thursday night weirdness. Everyone remembers the game last year where Pats went to Buffalo. Mac Jones threw three balls, and they somehow won that game. But the weather was crazy. But then the two games after that, uh, Allen absolutely trolled them. Uh, one of which was in Gillette as well. And then the other was obviously that humbling he gave them in the playoffs. So I agree, it could go either way, though. Yeah, no one's had more than more thirty-point weeks than him this this year. I swear. So you know, so there's every chance. But he's going to put up good numbers, I think. You know, just because he's got everything you need. We know what Kelsey's about. You know, say he's good for forty yards and a touchdown most weeks, um, or more. 
depending, depending on how many uh, many how many touchdowns he gets in the red zone, I suppose. Uh, so, and then then after that, it's like, well, Robinson's going to get all the touches this week. Gibson's out. Great Walker. We know how good he is. Um, you know, Mixon. Um, you say though limited with concussion. It doesn't matter which one you play. You got Peter on the bench. Mm-hmm. So, in in the game, which we just said, fashions have plenty of uh, plenty of offense. And once again, and I'm going to say the best till last. I see your acting now. <laughs> Shameless. Again, I can't believe I, I, I said in the waiver only two waiver claims this week, and that was mine. And we all know I have absolutely no money left. So what was some of the other league doing? Because come I on, nearly they don't fancy the Browns D, obviously, but um, it's not but a yeah. great D. This is purely about the matchup. But the Miami D had a bit more to it last week. I, I agree, and this could have a weird effect to it being the the Sean Watson return game in Houston as well. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Mars Garrett's going to gonna sack Davis Mills loads of times, or whoever it is who plays this. Kyle Allen. <laughs> there you go. Whoever the callback for the, for the Texans is. So like, this could be a bit of a train wreck. I like that. I think that on on balance, if tonight isn't really weird, I think that you've, uh, you're going to put up a good score. I think that Dave's going to put up a good score as well, though. And he's going to be feisty in this game. But this is the thing. I think that, def- that defensive score on the bottom there, Broncos have been good this year, but playing Baltimore and Baltimore, it, it, I don't necessarily like that. I know Baltimore have lost a lot of games they probably should have won this year, mm-hmm. but Bob, good points all the time. Whilst I think that your team's established, it, you know what you're going to get from it. Um, and yeah, that's it. I, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't completely rule out the Bollins. Um but I can't, I can't bring myself to, to take them because they get beaten so often by people. <laughs> sure, yeah, no, and we do see that, that there are some teams each year that just have point magnet written all over them, and that has unfortunately been Dave's turn this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really have much more to add. Like you said, I think uh, Dave's lined up uh, matchup wise play. He's actually got a really good roster of players, so yeah, he could absolutely put up the points. I don't necessarily hate the Broncos against the Baltimore Ravens, as, well, as you kind of mentioned. Baltimore have lost some games in spectacular fashion this year. Um, on my team, it's pretty much set. I think the only thing that I could probably, uh, might possibly change about, uh, if was Finette was to be ruled out again, I might go with uh, him over uh, White, sorry, over Robinson. If Gibson. Uh, did play. Uh, that's just one thing I've got to bear in mind. And then McLaurin as well. He, he's been a bit quiet of late because the commanders have actually been able to control games. So he's still getting a good target share, but it's just been very low pass volume. And obviously, as a result, that kind of caps the upside. Uh, I have Lazard against the uh, the Bears as a potential option there as well because, the, as you said earlier, the Bears suck. I know Christian Watson's emerged, but. Uh, you know, he's still a fairly useful red zone weapon, but as it stands, the, the lineup is what it is. Uh, I'm actually going to lock Napolitans this week. I'm going bold. Uh, I'm either going to win this and be extremely happy or get my lock, but I, I think yeah, you kind of said it. Um, it could line up for an absolutely explosive week f- for him with the kind of plays he's got and the kind of matchups he's got if everything goes right. Uh, as you said, it could start on Thursday night with Stevenson. Von Miller has been put on IR, so that Buffalo team is on defense. It's it's a bit creaky. Um, and then, yeah, I think, uh, you know, what if Najee Harris doesn't play? If he does, he's got a plum matchup. If he doesn't, as I said, Josh Palmer would be my pick to come in above him. So, 
Um, no, lock in the Portlands this week for me. Uh, so we'll go on to the last game of the week then, which features Padistan against Bare Necessities. Oh, uh, before I do that, actually, let's do the injuries. How silly of me. Uh, so, yeah, Joe Mixon questionable with a concussion. He is practicing, though, so he's on his way to hopefully getting cleared. Uh, Daryl Satan, he, I think, mispiked today with an illness, so he's questionable. We've seen Eugene Harris completely up in there uh, with his abdominal injury. Uh, back to Padistan against Bare Necessities. The name of the game for these two teams keep winning and you have a good chance at the playoffs. Pakistan, a better chance for Bear Necessities as it stands because they are leading a division. You know, Bear Necessities is trying to keep up in both forms of the Wild Cup race with a very slim chance of still winning the division. Uh, Bear Necessities 8 and 4 with a 2 game win streak and Pakistan 5 and 7 also with a 2 game win streak. This is mightily close production wise, 91.89 to 91.35. So let's take a look at the lineups for Pakistan. Uh, I believe they are unchanged at the moment, so they are featuring the 20 personnel, two running backs and three wide receivers. And then on the other side of the ball for Ben Necessities, uh, let's see here, they are also unchanged, I think, so they are going with the 30 personnel, wishbone, three running backs and two wide receivers. The history of this matchup all time, uh, Ben Necessities are, uh, five, it's a level series again, five and five uh, between the two of them. Uh, well, it's it's big game on the line here for Pat because if he wins, he's virtually, uh, you know, regardless of what happens in the, the other game, but he's virtually stamped his ticket to the playoffs and wins that division. Can he do it this week, Chris? Uh, it gives him a good opportunity to do it. I think. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a week where he can look positive here. Uh, I think that, again, we've talked about everyone just has playing in that game in, in Vegas, which could be absolutely ridiculous, as is Adam's. I think we, you're going to hear Prince's "Let's Go Crazy" a lot <laughs> with Justin Jefferson scoring plenty of touchdowns there. I think that's just that's just a given when you play uh, there against the Jets. The Jets are much improved, I'll give you, but uh, Justin Jefferson is the man. Um, Passing the home like it, Elliot at home like it. I, there's lots of like. I think any any at this time of the year, any a big name player who plays at home. In a reasonably good offense uh, is um, is playing for something other than just wins, especially when there's playoff places on the line. Um, Commanders versus the Giants. We know how Daniel Jones gets sacked a lot. Uh, Pat, I just like Pat's team. I, I like Pat's team all year. I just can't quite understand why he's only got five wins. To be quite honest with, with mm-hmm. that, those guys, because because um, yeah, there's some uh, there's some real talent in there. You could bring Garrett Wilson in there over Smith, I think, maybe, especially if... Um, it's arguably a better play, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, you just got to roll what's hot. And even even to... George Kittle as well, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, yeah, again, I, Jackson's playing, say, Denver's D, who on paper is supposed to be stout, but fantasy-wise they haven't been over the last little while, but here's Lamar Jackson playing at home. And you can never rule him out. I think Godwin, as we talked earlier on, could be the beneficiary of um, the uh, the potential Marshall Lattimore effect once more uh, against New Orleans. Uh, Adrian Brown's been a stud. Eckler's been a stud. Both of those game, especially the uh, that uh, that Chargers um, offense could well be uh, rolling again this weekend. But say Singletary against New England and Pierce against uh, in that in that Cleveland game. See, there's some weirdness there. <laughs> I think he's going to say bad QB play for Pearson. Um, for Singletary, is it? You know, he's he's done well against some some pretty average defenses over the last little while. But 
uh, against New England, who very well knows because we know how much better they are. And the 49ers D, well, this is it. Now, last week they scored 19 points, but they're playing against Miami, arguably the most vibrant offense in the NFL. So, I mean, not expecting to see... That's a good adjective. I like that. It's, you don't hear that description. Like, Vibrant offense. It's good. That's it. They certainly are. They're exciting to watch. So. <laughs> I mean, they are. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I the Dolphins these days. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, 49ers playing them. That's it. Much more of a different matchup. <sighs> For me, that's it. I think that um, those... Pat is extremely strong this week. Extremely strong. Um... And I think that though Dave's team is extremely strong as well, I think that say if Pierce gets taken out of the game just due to poor QB play, Singletary gets shut down, Eckler Brown, Godwin, and a bit of Lamar Jackson, I said just I don't know, it doesn't really stack up to me. So I I think I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go for Pat because I I've, I keep backing Pat. I like Pat. Right. But every time I back Pat, he loses. So I'm going to back Dave. <laughs> Well, I, I just written both pick Pat down here because I'm going with Pat, so which makes me glad that you did because I blocked Pat last week, uh, and uh, <laughs> he obviously came off. So uh, that should have to mean I get I it again. Pat, I'm going to say this. I said, although I'm back the back, Dave. That's it. I'm actually going for Pat, by the way. Oh, so, okay, okay. I will, ch- I will change that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's by my conscience. Sure. No, uh, I, I think it's a, pr- a pretty good deduction. Um, like you say, my dad's team hasn't been firing like it was at the start of last season. Uh, sorry, start of the season. Like you say, Jackson's not been quite on it. Neither is the Ravens' offense. There's talk that he's a little banged up as well at the moment, bereft of pass catches behind Andrews, who's also probably not fully healthy either. Godwin's had a bit of a renaissance of late, but as we said, the Saints can be a bit of a bogey team. Uh, Brandon and Eckler are obviously good, though Brown is prone to a quite a game as well at times. Just it's again one of those fairly lower passing volume offenses. And then Singletary Pierce, you don't know what you're going to Pierce seemingly has hit the rookie wall. As you say, the poor quarterback player is not helping at all. On paper, it's a good matchup, um, but Cleveland uh, did a fairly good job against the Bucks run game last week as well. Uh, and then the Niners, D, the, the, I mean, they are a great unit, but like you say, this is probably the, among, if not the stiffest test they've faced so far this season. Uh, and they're not fully healthy themselves either, I don't think. Uh, or as you already said it on the other side, lots of good players, lots of nice matchups. Uh, well, yeah, what more, what more can you want to see? Apart from me as well, injury wise, uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what injury he. I think he picked up in the game last week. Just pop open here. Groin limited. That was it. Yeah, so he probably will play. Uh, Jacoby Myers. He will play tonight. Uh, he play through that shoulder injury. AJ Dillon questionable as well. Uh, but he will play uh, through his quadri- quadriceps injury also. Other than that, no more injuries. Like I said, Jack's a bit banged up, but he's going to play. That does bring us uh, to the end of the uh, previews for Week 13. So, yeah, next time, uh, yeah, well, you, you, you hear us. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be last chance saloon for everybody uh, with the Week 13 re- rearview mirror and the final week ahead of us. And then, obviously, we are at the promised land, the playoffs after that. So, uh, what you're welcome to watch the games of mine on Sunday if you would like to do so. And, obviously, we will have World Cup games on as well, uh, for the benefit of the two TVs. Uh, thank you for joining us, Chris. Yeah, you're very welcome. It was nice to be back. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, my uh, voice rarely can carry through the hour and a half on its own, so it's nice to have the rest <laughs> periods, if nothing else. But the good chat is also good. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for watching, listeners. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, good luck in your... Have a good weekend, I should say. Uh, good luck in your matchups, unless you're playing me, of course. Goodbye. <laughs>